Hello and welcome to the Story X Story podcast, where we discuss stories across pop culture, plus give you advice on creating your own. It's episode 141 and I am your co-host, Nigel. I am Tazzy, content creator and co-host. And as always, we are bringing you interesting discussions with diverse voices and to help us out today as we pick up our Lego pieces off the floor and make our own narrative from them is Daniel Morris, aka Dan's Distillery. Dan, welcome back to the show. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me again. Always a pleasure. It's great to have you. And we last had Dan, I believe, on our episode where we discussed Coraline, which seemed like an age ago, but it was only Halloween, I think. I don't know. Time's a flat circle. So, <laughs> But yeah, thanks for coming back. And uh, a reminder for people listening that you can subscribe to Story X Story wherever you get your podcast from. You can always send us feedback to feedback at myamada.com or throw your thoughts at us on social media. We are at myamada on Twitter at TV on Instagram and TikTok, or at Tazzy on all the above. We are still in the works for our new Studio 77 membership. As you have seen, if you follow us on Twitch, we do a lot of live streams, and our plan is to produce all of those live streams when we record them, put them on our own platform, uh, provide a membership to view, get access to the video content there. So we're working on that behind the scenes, uh, video content, we'll why not throw in some digital comic content as well. So that's still to come. You can join our Discord in the meantime for free and be part of the Myomatic universe, meet others in the community as well as ourselves. So we'll have more information on that as plans develop. Uh, so before we get to today's story discussions, let's update you with the Myomatic universe. We are in the works with new manga and we have been talking about this for a while. It is uh, getting closer to, I was going to say release, or release of the Kickstarter that we're planning for the Tazzy Origins comic. So this is will, will be a series of comics where each character, um, each real-life Myomata team that has been turned into a character gets their own origin story about how they got to the Myomata universe and tying that in with some hopefully universal themes around... Um, uh, well, let me not spoil, spoil too much now. You, it, It's coming. It's coming. So we're going to be uh, talking about it uh, at upcoming convention appearances. We are going to be talking manga in general at the London Comic Con on May the 28th. So I'll be joined um, with man fellow manga creators on the Artist Alley stage on this Sunday at 2.30 or 3.30. I actually feel uh, like the notes are wrong, but we'll double check that. But uh, we're on this, the schedule, so you can check that. We're talking about manga, the basics for people who may not be well-versed in manga, but also its use outside of Japan. So we'll be looking at adaptations and a line between sort of uh, appreciation and appropriation. So if you are new to manga or just like hearing conversations around it, uh, definitely make time to come and see that and uh, ask questions as well, open discussion. Uh, we'll be talking more comics at the Milton Keynes Film and Comic Con, which is on Saturday, June the 3rd. So uh, Taz and I will also be there. We'll be exhibiting, so you'll be able to buy our comics. We'll also be talking on stage about what, who knows, because we haven't put those plans together uh, yet. But we've got a lot of options because we do a lot of talking, so I'm sure we'll figure out something. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. we'll get the uh, ID ideas machine plugged in and... Uh... Yeah, there you go. Ooh. Pop some in ideas out. <laughs> there we go. That's the kind of confidence. Give me the I right like. prompts. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tazzy is our the chat GPT of ideas. So <laughs> for the Mind Matter universe. So look forward to that. If you are coming, we've not been before, so it'll be fun to check out, see what it's like. And even if you're not there, you can still get our manga titles online, mymatter.com forward slash manga. And we have all our titles from Samurai Chef, which is our first one, to the latest series through the fog, all ages stories set within our own manga network we are continuing the push for inclusion and diversity in the video game space with our do i look like a gamer campaign so this is what we launched last year by now turning into a, a yearly initiative so each year we're going to be building on the work done in the previous year continuing the push for diversity in games culture and industry so this means a new snapshot of 40 players and makers to showcase the representation that does exist uh, today, because it is there, maybe not enough, but it is there. And so we want that to inspire future generations of diverse talent. It also means a new schedule of events. So we've got a bunch of events coming up in May. We'll be at Barclays Game Frenzy on May the 25th. I'll be exhibiting the talking about the campaign. We'll bring some games, very light touch. We'll just be like casually hanging out amongst this event of, uh, I think it's like 90 plus exhibitors and hundreds of uh, industry professionals so it will be interesting the very next day we will be at comic-con like i mentioned so as well as talking on stage about manga on a sunday we'll actually be there the whole weekend uh, exhibiting the photos of the 40 so there'll be a in-person physical exhibit there on the show floor and then on saturday the 27th Tazzy will be leading a discussion around challenging gender stereotypes in video games. We've got a lineup of great content creators. Uh, I will be the token male, I believe. I think that's what we're, we're doing. And then just learning, basically. I think that's why I'm going to approach that. I'm just going to listen, listen and learn. So you can also listen and learn. Join us there. We'll be on the creator stage at 5 p.m. So right at the end of the day, um, have your fun and then come and have, well, more fun. Because our discussions are pretty fun, I like to think anyway. Yeah, it would be good for you to see it in person because obviously you was at a different Comic Con. Yes, time. I was far away in in Malta. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, join us. Come, stay tuned for new campaign events. We've got game design jams. We've got roundtables. We've got networking. We're going to be talking about all that in the coming weeks and episodes over the year. In June, we are going to be doing our regular lineup of live streams so over on twitch you can catch our casual conversations with comic creators series so this is the episode where or the series where each episode i talk to a different comic creator about themselves about the craft of storytelling and pretty much every anything that comes to mind i think last time or one of the recent ones we got to talking about like ai in uh, in our interesting discussion uh this time around for june's episode i'll be talking with dc and marvel comic artist jeffro who is a French artist I met at Malta Comic Con. At the end of June, we'll have our next games night, which we don't know which game we're going to be playing. Uh, it's a random shot about which game we're going to be playing, but you can find out. And when we know, we'll be announcing it on our socials. But each month, usually the last Thursday of the month, we play a different game, or sometimes we come back to the game depending on what it is, and we play on stream it's chaos that's all you need to know so come check it out we have highlights of past games nights on youtube if you want to flavor but just it's chaos just come and enjoy and if you're a young or aspiring creative professional or you know one then you might want to 
consider our showrunners work experience programs. So this is a new program that we are creating or have created to provide work experience opportunities for young people aged 16 and up to work with our team across comics, video games, and content creation. If you are interested or want to put someone forward, talk to us, hello at myamada.com, and we will provide all the details and let you know more. So now you're all caught up with some of what's happening in the My Matter universe. Let's talk about some of the stories that we've been enjoying this week. So we want to have a spoiler-free discussion on what stories everyone has been reading, watching, or playing. So we'll start with our guest, Dan. I have been playing... So actually, first of all, I just want to talk about this game, um, A Space for the Unbound. It's a indie title, like a narrative story about these two friends. Well, it's a, an adventure game about these two friends. I won't get into too much detail about it, but it's a sort of coming-of-age story with a little bit of a Donnie Darko. I don't know if anyone's seen that movie. It's got a bit of that sort of vibe going on to it, into it as well. Okay, so it's weird. It's Yeah, so it, <laughs> it's, it starts off really sort of peaceful. It's a beautiful-looking game. It's like pixel art. But then it has like this weird side to it as well. And it's like very emotional. It's, it's just a really good game. I would, I would recommend getting it. It came out in January this year. And it's like it's on all the consoles and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's just a really good game. So I played that, fell in love with it like straight away. And I'm also playing Tears of the Kingdom, which again, just another beautiful game. I've, I've heard of this game i uh i think i think something on twitter popped up yeah. like one or two tweets I like i didn't i didn't really look into it but yeah yeah it's I good to see getting some support it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is just a amazing game like breath of the wild is like my favorite i think my favorite game of all time and i think this might be surpassing it so yeah wow just um just great I need to actually finish Breath of the Wild. This is why. I do, you know, because it just, I really enjoyed it. But because it was so big, I sort of got mm. a bit lost. Yeah. And then I started playing God of War and then that was all she wrote. <laughs> that was yeah, it for the rest yeah. of my life. <laughs> but sorry, it, yeah, it just happened. But I, you know, it's, it's Zelda. I, I feel like I, I like to see what they've done in terms of mm. like progressing the, the design of it because mm -hmm. it feels more, because Zelda's always been, here's the path, follow the path. Whereas this is like, Here's a path. <laughs> I mean, I've I've spent most. I've, I've played about maybe fifteen hours of Tears of the Kingdom now, and you get to a point where the sort of the story opens up a little bit, and it then sort of says, "Go on, go and do this, this, and this." And I've just been wandering around doing a whole load of nothing, basically. <laughs> like I've just not been able. I'm not not that I'm not interested in the story, but it's like there's so many other things that are interesting in this world so many different things you can do as well so it's just like i find myself trying to go to this place but then getting sidetracked by some something else so yeah definitely definitely a good game i have been avoiding like so much because i'm like i do not want my experience spoiled yeah yeah <laughs> because i feel like it's a game a lot like how i felt with breath of the wild where it's about like me discover like yeah the player exactly. discovering it their own way because mm -hmm. i remember like streaming breath of the wild and like people telling me how to play the game and i'm like a i'm not new to zelda <laughs> very not new to zelda b like i'm having i'm having fun <laughs> i should be playing the game in my way yeah so i don't want to see things because i want to like discover yeah yeah 
but yeah, I am. I didn't think I was that excited for it. And I actually am. I think I was just like trying it because I was, obviously like when it was being announced, I just wasn't able to play that many games. Mm. And I've got such a big backlog that I was like, I'm not that interested. <laughs> and like it came out and I'm like, I love Zelda games. <laughs> Why don't I have it? <laughs> so. And you know what's also good about it? It's good to see a a AAA game being released and it's, from what I've seen so far, it's, it's, it's done and it, yeah, it's good exactly. but it's just it's, it's done it's, it's, it's really, done. and yeah yeah that's like you know we criticize nintendo for, for a lot and, and you know for mm. valid reasons often but they know how to make games yeah and seeing seeing everyone's posts on twitter as well it's like making me feel like i'm playing the game wrong but um <laughs> because yeah I, I won't go into it but um yeah it's just it's amazing what people are doing yeah awesome is that all your stories or um and i've also been watching demon slayer so um yeah that's me that's one that I'm not sad I'm missing out on. I understand why people <laughs> like it, but... You don't, you're not a fan? Not for you. Not for me. Okay. okay. <laughs> I don't think it has anything to add to the genre. <laughs> okay. okay. So, but I, I have just watched the first episode of Jujutsu Kaisen, finally. <laughs> what do you think of that? I, I mean, so I watched Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, the movie, mm-hmm. when to see it in a cinema and at first I was like oh like I've not watched the series so I, I, I'm not gonna go watch it and then one of my friends was like no you can go watch it it's fine like it won't it doesn't it doesn't ruin anything and I watched it and I was like I love it <laughs> and this is a film and normally like an anime film from a show they're not always like the best reflection of that show so for me to love it, I'm like, well, how much will I love the series <laughs> if I love the film? <laughs> and so it's been on my watch list for a while. And so I like watched the first episode and I'm like, oh, first episode did not disappoint. Like had okay. me had me in hooked from episode one. And I don't think that many anime do that. I feel like a lot of anime is like you got to get into like a couple of episodes especially like a longer, longer series like this. So yeah, no, I'm excited to watch more episodes. I had to restrain myself from watching the second episode because I had stuff to do. <laughs> and it was like, I was just watching it while I, while I ate and like was on my break. So I'm trying to be like kind of structured with work. So yeah, I was like, okay, I have a lunch break. Half an hour of it is a walk and then half an hour of it is eating and watching anime. <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, must not watch second episode. Yeah, so I feel like I'm going to love it. I think I just love all the characters. I loved all the characters in the in the film. Um, and like their, their unique input, I guess. Um, I also started watching Euphoria. Oh, I've heard about this. Yeah, TV drama with Zendaya. How is it? It's actually really good. So the reason I, I feel like, I don't know why I feel the need to tell you this. But so I started watching it because I thought I'd cancelled my Now TV after watching The Last of Us and I had not. So I subscribed for another month. Oh, okay. Um, but I only realised this like halfway through the month and I was like, yeah, there's no way they're giving me a refund on that. And I cannot be bothered to like go through all the hassle of like contacting and blah. I don't like doing all that. Um, so I was like, I'll just try and use it. I, I'm not a fan of how Now TV works. Because like there's ads and you have to pay even more <laughs> to get rid of the ads. 
<laughs> and it's not a cheap subscription service. And just like the player for me seems a bit clunky compared to other players. But anyway, that's a whole other story. Um, they could make improvements. They should definitely uh, look at their competition. But yeah, so I was like, what is there that I want to watch? Started watching one series that I'd been wanting to watch and I did not like it. So I was like, that's a disappointment. I was like, euphoria. Gotta be great. Um, but yeah, it is really good. But it's also not one that I can watch a lot of episodes in a row because it is very emotional and like feelings. <laughs> Lots of feelings. And I think as well, there's bits that I can relate to. And I think as well, like it's because it's Zendaya. So it's someone who, in terms of physical appearance, I can relate to. Mm. <laughs> so it's very easy to like then imagine me as the character. Uh, and this is not the kind of show that I want to be imagining myself <laughs> as the character. Because, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I mean, she's having a tough time. But it is genuinely a really, really good show. And I, I like the different characters in it. There's a character called, I think, Fez. And I just really, really, really like him. And I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Fez is literally like Zendaya's character, Rue. Fez is her dealer. Okay. But he's like just super like big brother caring vibes at the same time. And it's so funny. And then there's like, he's got like a little brother. <laughs> He's like tiny. He's like a kid, but also this big time drug dealer. It's hilarious, but disturbing at the same time. Like it's a lot to process. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's genuinely a really good show. Um, hopefully that's not like too spoilery. I think that's yeah, it's kind of like information you can get from a trailer. But yeah, it's, it's good. But I feel like that's one I can watch like an episode a month. <laughs> wow <laughs> very heavy <It's> doses <laughs> yeah because like i'm way too empathetic to watch stuff like that <laughs> yeah uh and then i guess the other story is star wars jedi fallen order which i have not finished is the best description of it because i've nearly finished but i just have not finished okay i got stuck on a really tough boss fight uh. And I feel like I'm not going to go back to it for a while now because just how, how, I, how I be. Which <laughs> is really frustrating because I'm really enjoying the storyline. <laughs> and I want to I I know what happens next and I want to play the next game. But I got to get past this boss first and I got to like mentally get past it first. Um, but yeah, it's definitely one of the Star Wars stories that I'm more interested in. So it probably goes Mandalorian... And then the Star Wars Jedi series, game series. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, Nigel, what are the stories on your list for this? So I've also been playing Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and kind of wondering why I hadn't been playing it earlier, because one of my favorite games is uh, Knights of the Old Republic, which is like a, a classic for me. So I've just started it. So I'm like at the other end of my journey compared <laughs> to you. But yeah, I, I like the look of it. I like the way it it feels to play lightsabers are just cool when getting the mechanics so i've just kind of got past the intro so you know who the character is you know what he well some of what his deal is and what he's after and it, or what people around him are after at least and you're just getting a sense of that getting used to the the ui the mechanics of navigating the environment as well as uh, combat as well so it's still like i say very 
very early. I think part of the reason I delayed on playing it because for some reason I've got it on my PC. I just didn't think it would run very well, but it runs uh, runs decently. And yeah, just looking forward to getting into it a bit more and I can share more. But what I do know, actually the other reason I hadn't played my, or got to it sooner is because I've heard it's like a, it's a Souls-like game. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not necessarily one to play <laughs> games for, at least what I perceive to be just like difficulty for difficulty's sake. Mm. But from what I've seen, it seems cool so far. Yeah, so I think it was uh, Charlie sort of said this phrase, but it's more of a Souls light game than a yes, Souls yeah, light. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely like if you like the idea of Souls games, but not the difficulty. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I might do well then. <laughs> yeah. So been playing that, been watching a few things. So I finished Kotaro Lives Alone. And yeah, that <laughs> that's a ride. That is a that is a ride. I think when I last mentioned I just started and I was saying that yeah. I can see sort of hints of sadness. <laughs> hints turned into <laughs> like outright, like this is sad. This is a sad story. But in a because the character is so so charming so endearing and yeah. just so mature and self-aware but also a kid and <laughs> and it's just like is is just taken by by kid stuff and what i really like there's so many moments where he'll not quite let his guard slip because he's always he he is who he is but he'll just get like he'll deny like he gets sick at one point he's like he doesn't want to be seen to be sick but the reasons why are then quite heartbreaking and, and there's a lot of moments like that where he'll act in a certain way and then you you realize the reason why he's doing it and mm. it's like ah that's sad so the ending didn't have because i was expecting a, a massive emotional hit by the end i didn't necessarily get that but i think it was just because it had been built up it was more of a i was actually happier <laughs> ending than i was expecting which i i, I liked I, I liked the whole thing i do have to apologize to uh, what's the the guy who lives next door? Oh yeah, um, the manga creator. Yes, that one. I think his name's Shin. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. I think sounds something, something like that. Um, I have to apologise to him when I mentioned him. I, I called him a waste <laughs> man. Um, <laughs> he wasn't introduced in the most endearing of terms, but you know I can hold my hands up and say I was wrong. He grew over the series. He became someone, well, I won't go into specifics, but he just, he grew over the series. And I was like, you know what? I'm sorry I called you a waste man. So. <laughs> I was like, when you said it, I was like, because mm -hmm. like <laughs> the other thing is like, he's not even, when you meet him, he's portrayed as a waste man, but he still isn't like, he's actually. Yeah, he's, he's got he's, good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he had waste man characteristics though. <laughs> he's just like, I've done my bit. I don't. I don't need. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to be anything other than a wasteman. <laughs> like he's earned his wasteman. Yeah. Status. <laughs> and I also feel, you know, because I've been having conversations with people in children's media who don't know about anime, and telling them about anime, Wait, and what? people who make anime, like Western animation. They and they don't know about anime. I was in. They know about anime, but they they don't watch it. They don't. They don't know about it. Yeah, and they don't understand like why you know some young people it works more for them than Western cartoons. So I've been trying to explain that to them. So I'm going to be doing that uh, some of that tomorrow as I as we record. And I I was telling the person I was speaking to about Former Alchemist and how it mixes so many complex 
themes in there and like <laughs> her mind was blown she's like whoa what is this like what is this anime I'm like yeah it's, it's, and a lot of them do that and this mm. like cultural lives alone is one that mixes That's so many fair. like some dark themes and i almost feel like like parents should watch this oh yeah definitely yeah because it, it's about like the impact on like the impact you have a, on children ch- child yeah yeah and i was actually thinking about this the other way how like Anime tends to transcend age. A lot of anime, at least, mm. a good good portion of it, tends to trans transcend age and bring generations together. Yeah, and I feel this does that so well. Yeah, the kids can watch it, and it's, you know, it's a cartoon, and the, but it's relatable because of the character. But like, yeah, parents just seem like, wow, this <laughs> this could be how I'm affecting the, the child around me, or or how a child I know might be being affected. It's it's really good. It's really mm. good. And a bit of like you don't know what's going on with other people, yeah. especially 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 children. For sure. So yeah, I highly recommend that one. Um, another one I'll mention quickly is Barry. Has have either of you heard of this? No, no. Okay, so I hadn't, and this is one of those I don't know. Universe send you a message or something. So I had never heard of this show. Then one day I saw, or at least was aware of watching two adverts for it. Then later that same day, a friend of mine who's into like filmmaking and knows that I write and have future ambitions of doing like scripts, uh, film scripts and TV scripts, sends me a message and says, watch this show and then go work on your script. I said, that's weird because I'd never heard of this show before and completely independently just noticed like a couple adverts. And then my friend out of the blue messaged me about it that's weird. I need to watch this show. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not always good at taking hints. So I, can, I can take that in. And it, it's kind of, I know, I now haven't seen two episodes. I now know why he sent it to me. It's the kind of thing that I'd probably write and make if, uh, it's a dark comedy. So it's about a, essentially about a depressed hitman who, who moves to Los Angeles for a job and gets caught up in the local theater scene. So he becomes like, or he's, <laughs> or he becomes an actor. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> It is mad. It's mad. I've only seen two episodes, but it's just like it's such a serious situation. So he's a he's a hit man. Like the show starts with him on a hit, and, and, and like he's not fully satisfied. Um, and then he just yeah, just randomly gets caught up in this in this just complete other world. <laughs> it's it's so it's funny. It's yeah, it's so dark in places, and yeah, I can <laughs> I can see why he sent it to me. It's me. Um, the vibes of uh, what's it called? House husband. Oh, way of the house husband. The way of the house husband. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. With like yeah. the like contrasting tone, emotion, uh, yeah, yeah. worlds. Yeah, is it, it seems a bit like that. I need to uh, actually. I need to watch more a bit more both of those things. But um, yeah, I'll report back when I see more. And the last one I mentioned is a film uh, I recently watched, Air, which is Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, a story about Nike executives assigning Michael Jordan to the Jordan, the Air Jordan shoe line and the pursuit of him and the role that, well, actually not the role he plays because he's <laughs> weirdly not in it or he's, or the back of his head is in it. But that, that's a bit of a weird one, but like the role, like the Nike executives play, the role his mother played by Viola Davis, who is fantastic. I feel like she's fantastic in everything, but she's not in it a whole lot in this, but she just uses her time. I bring this up, not just so I can talk sports for a little bit, but this is one of those that I might have to, well, I'm going to have to rewatch, but also use, I know when we, because we do talks in schools and, and workshops and stuff and, and use as just, I don't know, life lessons. Because there's a lot in here about risk, about 
being able to not just like spot talent, but going after it when people around you are saying like, this can't work. We don't do things like that. What you're asking is too much and just pursuing of that. Like the role of Dolores uh, Jordan in protecting her son and not being like, she's she's so switched on in this film and not just like, oh, it's nice. So we're just going to do what you say. It's like, my son has talent, recognizing the talent, the value of of your talent. It's, it's very, like the film's it's pretty good. It's, I'd say I, I quite liked it, but I felt like some of the lessons that I mentioned, or at least that I picked up, very valuable. I guess it's how you perceive things, right? But um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. It sounds like there's a lot of a lot to learn from that. I do think you just wanted to talk about sports, though. That is partly it. It's, it's 50-50, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, just find unique ways to talk about sports. So there we go. Basketball uh, playoffs are happy right now watching that. Anyway, those are the stories that we have been enjoying. Now let's get to our main story discussion. So nothing about sports from here on out. Wait, is there basketball? No, I don't know. So we're going to be talking about, there actually is basketball <laughs> shacks in this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so we are going to be talking about the Lego movie, the 2014 animated film written and directed by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller from a story they co-wrote with Dan and Kevin Hageman based on Lego and everyone knows Lego. The film stars the voices of Chris Pratt, Will Ferrell, Elizabeth Banks, Will Arnett, Nick Offerman, Alison Brie, Charlie Day, Liam Neeson and Morgan Freeman. So spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about all the ins and outs as we potentially go on an existential crisis journey. Who knows? Stick with us. But before we do that, I will do a recap. But before we do the recap, let's get everyone's quick takes and general impressions, starting with Dan. What did you think about this film that I assume you didn't just watch in the last few days for the first time <laughs> and have seen many, many years ago? I have. Yes, I did watch it many, many, many years ago. Saw the second one like a couple of weeks. It was on TV. Um, but then I watched it again because I wanted to refresh my memory. It's a funny one because I remember it being announced and thinking this movie is probably going to be rubbish. And then actually sitting down and watching it and just thinking like, wow, this is actually like a really a good kids movie, but also a good movie for everyone, really. I think it has a lot of messages behind it. And yeah, it was it's just a good movie. And I really like the ending because that sort of threw me. I didn't see that coming. But um, yeah, I love it. Cool. Thumbs up from Dan. Uh, Tazzy, what did you think about the story? Quite similar, actually. Yeah, because I remember um, it coming out. And uh, I don't even think it was like, oh, we've got to see this movie. I think it was like, oh, yeah, this is a fun movie. We should go watch. And then coming out and being like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> it's so good. And like just being like very much, it just being so unexpected that it was so good. Um, it's very much like your child imagination has been brought to the TV screen, but in like adult knowledge, I guess. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like it satisfies both the inner child and your like current self. So. <laughs> okay. So if you haven't already guessed, this is one of those films where uh, her, Nigel was late to the party uh, and I saw this over the weekend. So yeah, so I'm new. I'm new here. Uh, hi, everyone. Um, so I... <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, glad to be here. I took a few detours along the way. <laughs> so my recollection of this, I remember it, it coming out. So sometimes I'll just make determinations about things based on no evidence and I'll just, that'll be set. <laughs> so I, in my mind, I determined that this is just a cash grab mm, advert yeah. by Lego and there's no value in me seeing it. And that was it. 
So even though I've seen, oh, they made a second one. Oh, they made a Batman one. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, they're just out to sell Lego. I mean, it it does do that as well, but. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they, they made a film. They made a film and not to retread previous episodes, go watch our Mario thing, but just thinking back to when Tazzy said what kind of, and I feel risk isn't necessarily even the word, but what I might be have been expecting from Mario is like something like this or something like this is possible. And now I've seen it, I know it's possible. Because like Lego has no, there's no story in Lego. Yeah. But they've made something, like you say, that that has depth to it. Mm. And I was surprised. It is, it is funny. It is, see, kids will, will love it. But as you're about to see, if you continue listening to this podcast episode, <laughs> there are some themes in here that adults can get stuck into and appreciate and understand and discussed for an hour or so. So, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by this. I feel it's very well done. And uh, you can hear I, the I, shock in your voice. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I knew when I think the reason why we're doing this now is because it, it came up on a and a film and, and Tazzy just like berated me for not seeing it. So I was like, all right, I'll show you. I'll put you put it on the on the schedule. We'll watch it. So I knew for Tazzy to say that it, it must be it must be good. So I, I just didn't know how how good. And it's it's good. It's good. So I'm here to tell you information you already know, but stick with us. We'll make this entertaining. I feel like we're going to need to do some sequel episodes for (laughs) other Lego films. (laughs) Yeah, quite possibly. Um, So, all right, let me do the recap because more for me because uh, I'm new. Anyway, this story takes us to the Lego universe where the wizard Vitruvius is blinded when he fails to protect a super weapon called the Kraggle which is a tube of crazy glue with the label partially scratched, which is hilarious, from the evil Lord of Business, but prophesizes that a person called a special will find a piece of resistance capable of stopping the craggle before he is kicked off a cliff. We then visit Bricksburg, where good-natured construction worker Emmett, <laughs> uh, this film, Emmett Bukowski comes across a woman searching for something at his construction site. Emmett falls into a pit and finds the piece of resistance. He touches it and sees a vision before passing out. He then awakens to the custody of Bad Cop with the piece of resistance attached to his back. Emmett learns of Lord Business's plans to freeze the world with the craggle. The woman from before, known as Wildstyle, rescues Emmett, believing him to be the special. They both escape Bad Cop and travel to the Old West, where they meet Vitruvius. He and Wildstyle are master builders, capable of building anything without instructions. They fight against Lord Business's attempts to suppress their creativity. Wildstyle is soon disappointed that Emmett is not a master builder, but becomes more convinced of his potential when he recalls a vision of the man upstairs. Emmett, Wildstyle and Vitruvius escape Bad Bad Cop's forces with the help of Wildstyle's boyfriend, Batman, and head to Cloud Cuckoo Land, where all the master builders are hiding. The master builders are pretty unimpressed with Emmett and refuse to help him fight Lord Business. Bad Cop's forces attack there and capture a lot of the master builders. Emmett devises a heist to infiltrate Lord Business's headquarters and disarm the Kraggle. And during the heist, Wildstar reveals to Emmett that her real name is Lucy. The heist almost succeeds until Emmett and his friends are captured and imprisoned. Lord Business decapitates Vitruvius and throws a piece of resistance into an abyss. Vitruvius reveals he made up the prophecy before he dies, but his spirit returns to tell Emmett that his self-belief makes him the special. Emmett soon sacrifices himself to save his friends and the master builders, and inspired by Emmett's sacrifice, Wildstyle rallies the Lego people across the universe to use their creativity to build weapons to fight Lord Business's forces. 
Emmett then finds himself in the human world where the events of his life are being played out in a basement by a young boy, Finn, on his father's Lego set. The father, or the man upstairs, criticizes his son for playing with his Legos and begins to permanently glue his perfect creations together. So Finn returns Emmett and a piece of resistance to the set where Emmett gains the powers of the master builder and confronts Lord Business. In the human world, Finn's father looks at his son's creations and sees how he's based the villain on him. Through a speech by Emmett, Finn tells his father that he is very special and has the power to change everything. Finn's father reconciles with his son, caps the crackle with the piece of resistance and unglues his victims with minimal spirits. But Finn's younger sister joins in playing with the Lego sets and Duplo aliens arrive in the universe and threaten destruction in the most cute way possible. The end. So yeah, like I said, I, I felt this was like a film just straight from the depths of corporate interests. Um, to be fair, like all films <laughs> to a certain extent. Uh, but so in watching it, I guess that does come across. It, it is a film about Lego, probably like the, the biggest <laughs> advertisement film in in history and it's interesting the the protagonist urged the audience to be creative and not be fooled by like consumerism's one size fits all thing and it's just interesting that coming from this which is a corporate entity making a film where every child should ultimately buy lego products but who cares do you guys care that's my first question do you care about this no not no. at all <laughs> not at all no. you don't care about this being a long advert for lego no, because I think Legos are a very good creative toy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and exactly. I like that they sell stuff that is like, follow the instructions. But then in this, they're kind of encouraging like, I guess they're giving you options. It's like, they're real, like, because back in the day, you just buy a box of Lego, right? Yeah. <laughs> and now they've got all these like, amazing, cool things. I feel like this is a bit like, you can just play with Lego though. <laughs> yeah. You can buy all the Lego, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's for for me. It's got this, um, especially with the dad. It's like it's there's a message of sort of like growing up and losing that child self, and you sort of like forget how to have fun, just have fun with things, and just build what you want. And I, I've got to say, I've actually, I'm guilty of doing this myself because I when I'm playing with my daughter, I buy her Lego, and I'll be like, oh, let's build this, let's build something structured, I suppose. And then she'll like go off and like start building something else. And I sort of have to force myself to sort of say to her, like say let to myself, that, yeah, just let it go. Like she's having fun. So let me just go along with her and just have fun. So yeah, that's You'll it. get her when she's 18. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, yeah, that, that's sort of the feeling that it sort of gave me. Yeah, no, that's good. Because Dan, you can provide the, that context from uh, like actually having <laughs> a, a, a child who is under your care. I uh, can't imagine what that's that's like. Uh, all the children I interact with, I have to give back to their teachers or parents at the end of <laughs> two hours. And that is great. Anyway, okay. So uh, none of us care. I don't particularly care. I think if it's done well, then yes. I mean, mm. it reminds me so of a couple of things Marvel. Like um, there's a big crossover comic, um, Secret Wars, and which we're going to get in the MCU soon and that came from similar origins of like we need to sell toys <laughs> like write us a comic story that would allow us to do that and like one of the i don't know if it's one of the greatest but is definitely held up as one of the, the best crossovers and they're incorporating it into the mcu uh, eventually so you know mm. uh, where it comes from is not as important as how yeah. it's done i think the difference is it's like if it is being used in this way it's like is it being used in a way where it's like this like we're trying to promote our product here we're gonna fund it and then you can be creative <laughs> mm. like you make a good movie and 
we'll, and we give you the money. We'll give you the money. Yeah. Because that's how like good and great art has always been made, by the way. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah, always gonna, been patronage. So we're, like, we're definitely got... gonna come to that. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you a story that you may not know because when I was putting the notes together, I discovered that when Marvel were deciding on the first of what they become the MCU, the first film in that, the decision was based on a lot of children's willingness to buy toys. So when it came to greenlighting the first film, uh, Marvel Studios heads uh, Avi Arad and Mizell, along with President Production Kevin Feige, um, had the following to choose from: Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, Black Panther, Ant Man, Cloak and Dagger, Doctor Strange, Hawkeye, and Nick Fury. And I imagine some of that list was uh, determined by who held what licensing at the time. Uh, Marvel selling off the thing when it went bankrupt and all that stuff. So Ben Fritz's book, The Big Picture: The Fight for the Future of Movies describe what happened next. So to quote the book, to decide which film to make first, Marvel convened focus groups. Marvel brought together groups of children, showed them pictures of a superhero and described their abilities and weapons. They then asked the kids which ones they would most like to play with as a toy. The overwhelming answer to the surprise of many at Marvel was Iron Man. There we go. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. That's and then we got crazy. like all of the following. And then we got the rest. So yeah, <laughs> now you've got your choice. But it's just, I bring that up to sort of reinforce the point of how we, you know, we live in a commercial world for better mm. or for worse. And a lot of the decisions, that's where it goes. In this case, like toys are, toys are big. <laughs> if, you, for, yeah. if you didn't already know that, and then like how much that sells and how much that drives decisions uh, of things. So yeah, it's just interesting to know. Mm. I think that's such an interesting thing because that kind of like paved the way for like, this whole <laughs> mm. whole universe which the the toy part is like probably i mean it's probably still important to like their toy yeah. division <laughs> but you know a lot of their audience aren't the people buying the toys point being they chose it through toys but a lot of their audience is not toy buyers but they still probably sell a boatload of toys based on their movies yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah no they, they certainly do i don't have the stats it to takes hand, two but, boxes yeah so yeah it's just yeah just interesting to uh, hear about those origins but like we said this is a good <laughs> a good film and one of the things that surprised me is that it's a good satire it's a good satire of like the hero's journey in films because it pokes fun at certain plot points in these kind of films but also its own commercial origins so i do feel like they they brought the writers in and just said, just make something and we're going to be cool with it as long as it can sell us some Legos. And they stick, stuck to that because they let them like poke fun at corporate interests. You have this idea of creative people like the master builders plugged into this think tank to make things that they may not actually want to make at the behest of Lord Business. That doesn't sound like capitalism. I don't know what, <laughs> what does. <laughs> And then you've got this idea of, like like I said, the, the film funded by a corporation rallying against the corporate interest of president business. But Tazzy, you kind of touched on this already. Like, in a way, does this film show that there is that balance that's needed between the two not necessarily opposing forces? Yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> I have, like, thoughts, but they're not, they're not uh, forming complete, so... We'll have to come back to them. Yeah, Tazzy's loading. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think by the end of the movie, when um, like the son and father sort of 
come together and they're like, you know, we can sort of, you have this world that the, the dad's made that he wants to keep perfect, but then the son also wants to bring in the more fun element. I guess that sort of a way of sort of, I don't know, is it? Is it like bringing the two together? Uh, they do end up playing together and yeah, yeah, they learn from each other, I guess. Yeah, so hmm, maybe it's a bit more one-sided. <laughs> Now that I think about it, mm. um, so more more in the interest of what's the word I'm looking for? So not not capitalist world, consumer. basically. Yeah, the consumer. Oh, yeah. Well, sort of going against capitalism, basically. It's more on that sort of side of things. Um, sort of capitalism is bad. I think it's more says it goes more against capitalism, basically. I get you. Yeah, yeah. I think because people view like it as like cap- capitalism or. I guess com- con- communism is the opposite of capitalism. Yeah, I guess, yeah, there's, uh, yeah, communist is a bad word. Yeah, I think that's the opposite, or socialism. Yeah, so- socialism, and they see it like as these two extremes, mm. and I think this does meet somewhere in the middle. Like, you don't, it's not, it doesn't have to be like one or the other. And I think sort of, so they, they you know, say it quite, it's quite like an, obvious message but i think they also have like subtle hints to that message as well in the way that i'm gonna very specific example but the top of the building mm. of lord business's building um and the son makes it into like a, a spaceship and the dad's like comments on like wait you made this out of the the top of the building <laughs> and i was like this is actually really good <laughs> <laughs> And it's like that idea of like, if you meet somewhere in the middle, actually better things exist in yeah. the world. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's a good message. I've got, yeah, I, was, I had some thoughts on that, but I'll, I'll come back to that and talk a bit more about like the story itself. Because again, it's a, it's a good story. It's a solid, <laughs> it's a solid story. And just interesting, the consideration that was made to like the, the protagonist. So we have... I guess a, a clueless protagonist. So, but he goes on a, on a whole hero's journey, and so we we meet him at the beginning. So it's like Emmett, and he's just this happy go lucky guy. I guess this was like Chris Pratt at the the turn of him becoming a going from Parks and Rec to international superstar with this and uh, the Marvel films. But I feel he does he does a good job with the voice. This this character fits fits his voice. He plays the role of idiot because that was his character in Parks and Recreation. He does it. He does it well. So we see Emmett and he is in this world. He follows instructions. He has no idea of this larger conflict or that he is considered the special or will be considered the special or there is even a thing about the special and finds his way accidentally to the prophecy and the conflict and the center of everything. And you get to the the first plot point where in story is like this idea of the the protagonist who leaves us leave behind leaves behind the old normal world and enters an entirely new world and in this case the the old normal is this uh what's the name of the town i've forgotten the name of the town but what old old west no no the one oh, that the... he lives in like oh. uh, Bricksburg, Bricksburg. I just Bricksburg, said it. Yeah. yeah. So we see Bricksburg. We see how everyone lives. Uh, I got sort of free guy vibes. Like yes. just everyone yeah, follows yeah, them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then when he gets the, he crosses paths with Wildstyle, gets the uh, the piece of resistance, and then he's transport, literally transported into a 
holy world and then they get to the the old west and then i was wondering as i was watching it just the because we see also see lucy or wild style what's the value of emmett as the protagonist versus someone like lucy who could be the protagonist in the film as well it would be a different film but what do you think is the value of having someone like emmett versus lucy oh (laughs) (laughs) um so emmett's like this blank slate i guess yeah pretty blank <laughs> um so there's like two things it's like emmett represents the potential in everyone because he's he's starting from you know quote unquote nothing um so it, he represents the potential in everyone but also that like a lot of people don't might not feel like they're special and actually they they are and we're always following characters that are like we tend to follow characters that are obviously special and talk about Iron Man and well, <laughs> everyone in the, in the MCU, yeah. And so I think having a character that isn't so obviously special uh, helps to highlight just what is special in everyone. And you couldn't have that by having a character that is so obviously special. And I feel like films have done this and, and stories have done this where they've made the character think they're not special but then they find out they are actually really special. But this is like, just no, Emmett's still not special. (laughs) (laughs) Like there is nothing unique or special (laughs) about Emmett. He's the most (laughs) unspecial person ever. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think that is just like, it takes it one step further and really, really helps to highlight that, you know, Mm. that that message. Yeah, because like I said, you know, sometimes uh, stories do it where they're like, people think they're not special but you know then one day they get a letter from a magic school and it's like oh actually i was special this whole time yeah but this is like nope still not special (laughs) still very not special and like the thing that's so special about Emmett is something that that could be in everyone it's like Mm. it's not just like oh i was born with an amazing talent or superpower it's i got nothing i i've got nothing i chose to do something with nothing what do you think dan I think Tazzy just summed it up perfectly right there. Um, I think throughout the movie, or when you're watching the movie, Lucy or Wildstyle, she she is the the special, isn't she? She is the master builder. And she believes she, she's special. Yeah. And I mean, if, if this prophecy thing was meant to be real, then she would be the one, wouldn't she? Um, like the Matrix. But <laughs> but I, I th- yeah, so I think Emmett's, it's, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy at the end of the day, isn't it? That... As Tazzy said, everyone is special. Like the belief everyone put into him at the end sort of made him not become special. Well, so I suppose become special in his own way. He Yeah, he discovers he, he his could, special. Yeah, exactly. And then everyone else discovers that there's something within them and they then, you know, try to save this world. So yeah, I, I think it's that sort of self-fulfilling prophecy idea of um everyone, no matter who you are, you've got something within you to to do great things i I suppose yes nice nice message and like to get there they do bring a lot of surprisingly thoughtful themes i feel like i'm just going to be continuously surprised when i talk about this film (laughs) (laughs) but yes it is is thoughtful and and it has like themes it has layers and Hmm. surprising i'm going to assume influences because there are definitely like allusions to things like 1984 George Orwell, uh, from whom we get the term Orwellian, wrote 1984. And yeah, the references. So you've got in 1984, uh, the main political 
party party in Oceana, which is the the setting, maintains control over its citizens through surveillance and manipulation and the eradication of independent thought and uses the media in that. And this is all over the the intro because you get like everyone is the same, everyone supports the same team, everyone does just fits in their in their role. There's even that scene where they're showing the they're watching the sitcom where like where's my pants and that that's it yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the joke and like in 1984 it's this idea of like you you give the masses mindless entertainment and it's they're easy to control again it's like well, where are we now but except this podcast this is this is <laughs> this is the most mindful of entertainment <laughs> this is um but yeah and then there's even that bit with like lord business is watching over you i think there's like a, a lot of parallels in there and it's just weird how to watch this film, which is such a happy, go lucky. They even have the the song. Everything is awesome. Was <laughs> um, like we're being introduced to like a dystopian world, like, and got me thinking: is if people are happy about it, is it okay to be in a in a dystopian world? Because what people get and what Emmett wants at the beginning is to belong, and I feel that's one of his his uh, needs, his desires that he wants is like to belong and. Is that a good thing? Like, do we need dystopia? I don't know. Mm, but Emmett doesn't belong until... Yes, he, that's true. That's very true. So... And that was quite heartbreaking to to see, like, how when he's shown, like, actually, you're, you're there, but people don't really value you or even know mm. you exist. And he's such a nice guy. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, just like, you just want to, yeah, just want to see him succeed. And then he's, he's kind of given... And then when they play, so like when he gets captured by um, Bad Cop, Good Cop, he's shown like footage of people talking about him. And it's like, we don't really know him, but it's that idea of conformity to the point of complete obscurity because he does all the things, he follows the instructions, like literally follows the instructions mm. and he doesn't stand out in, in any way. So that says something. And then like we mentioned with the comparison or the opposite side of that is like Wildstyle who is somebody and wants to be the somebody and like when you're making stories where when we do workshops and stuff we I'll talk to say to young people's like you know you make your characters and make them different make them distinct because even as you're the uh, creator it's easier to make characters that all look and feel the same and, and look and feel like you do but here they've got characters who are like clearly like Emmett is different for to wild style in obviously appearance but also in what they want what they're what they're about and what i like about this film is that throughout it we see the pros and cons of those different perspectives around conformity and creativity and there's a lot of i think you both mentioned the idea of balance earlier and i feel there's Mm. a lot of there's a lot being said about the balance between different extremes yeah, because as well, like Wildstyle has like spent her whole life like trying to stand out and be this super individual person to the point where, you know, she dates Batman, the most isolated <laughs> like, individual <laughs> ever to extreme exist. Extreme individualism. <laughs> but actually what she really wants is to not necessarily fit in, but to to connect with people for sure. Whereas like... Emmett is like desperately trying to fit in and desperately wants to connect when really what he needs is to like just be himself. Just yeah, just uh you had it in you the whole time. <laughs> and and with that 
comparison between between the two and there's a bunch of other comparisons but it kind of takes me into the real this is where i was watching i was like oh this is the real thing i want to bring up because i'm going to play a bit of devil's advocate i feel the among the many thing many things the film says is potentially the limits of creativity because we so when emmett meets Wildstyle meets Vitruvius is taken to <laughs> Cloud Cuckoo Land, which we, we need to talk about that because there's a lot going on there. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, you know, we found a special, go and do your speech thing, like get them on our on our side, let's take on Lord Business. But Emmett isn't there yet. He's not, he's not ready. And when it's revealed that he's actually not special, he can't, he's not even a master builder. They just, they turn on him. So in the film, master builders like, can just literally take parts from anywhere, make anything new, which is really cool. Actually, I, I like the way they introduce Wildstyle with that. So they turn on him, his demotivational speech doesn't work, and then Bad Cop attacks. And up until this point, what Emmett mentioned is that he made, was it the the double-decker couch? Couch, yeah. And, and that just like loses loses the room. <laughs> With cup holders. With oh yeah, I did. Yeah, I really of, appreciate the cup holders. <laughs> um, <and> not disrespect the. <laughs> I highly appreciate the cup holders. I remember watching that and be like, Emmett gets it. Emmett <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah. gets it. <laughs> Emmett knows where it's at. <laughs> so when they attack and they're in this, they're trying to make this submarine. And I thought one of the my favorite parts <laughs> of this film is seeing all the individuals try and make, including Batman, um, <laughs> try and make. A submarine no one's working together this thing does not work and it's just watching a bunch of creatives just all go in different directions like being very creative but this thing don't work and, yeah. <laughs> and then Emmett comes along and it's sort of a, a very much a turning point in the film where he realizes his special is oh I can pull all these things together and get them to to fight together and, and work to a plan together and yeah so what do you what do you both think about what this says, like the master builders about creativity? I guess it's like, again, it goes back to that whole idea of being special. Everyone who was a master builder, they had their own ideas. So they're sort of like blinkered. They they don't see what anyone else is doing. And it's just their idea is the right one. I suppose Emmett, like Tazzy said, he's the blank slate, isn't he? So he can sort of take take bits and pieces from here and there and sort of say, let's all bring it together. Let's make a plan. But yeah, yeah, that's... That's what I thought about it. Mm. So I love that like when we do these podcasts, there's always like something that's happening in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I peer into like, the future hmm. when I do the scheduling. <laughs> <laughs> there is relevance here. But um, so basically for context, I recently went back to being a full-time creative and found myself desperately needing structure as a way to like prioritize tasks. Um, and so like just literally spent two days sorting out my notions so that I could have, I guess, like some guidance for myself. And I've written up like we guidance. We the man upstairs for notion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and some like guiding documents for myself as well as like systems on there to like help me as a solo, creative, freelance, entrepreneurial individual. <laughs> Um, with extreme ADHD <laughs> um, and like when I was re-watching this on the weekend after I'd sat there and like done all my notion and when Emmett's like 
oh, like you just need instructions. And honestly, like sometimes it can feel like instructions are like instructions limit creativity, but they can also like... They can fuel it. They can fuel it. Yeah. And like give you the right creativity, like creativity with direction to actually achieve its goal and like have an end thing because <laughs> otherwise you can just create create and keep on creating but never have any kind of like and they do. finished <laughs> thing <laughs> that you yeah. can feel like satisfied with and like yeah i made this and i and it does a thing or it it, it fulfills something <laughs> mm. so that was like one of like the messages i got particularly from that like those scenes and that was like the one that was super relevant to me and that i really really felt that i totally didn't think of previous watchings of this film because i guess it just wasn't relevant to my life at that moment but then one of the other sort of like i guess messages from those scenes and i think it's quite obvious once they get to the pirate ship and Emmett points out you know you're all like great and amazing like so creative and he's just like he's genuinely in awe of them but he's also like it just doesn't work (laughs) (laughs) but they're all like they find it so hard and i think a part of that is also like ego yeah and so one of the things that i took away from this yeah i mean yeah i mean batman didn't really lose his ego did he (laughs) if enough of the team work together then someone can have an ego in it and everyone else will compensate (laughs) but yeah it's like just this idea that like creativity with ego can really prevent the progress of like great things but when you actually drop that ego and work together and like take on other people's ideas and like are open to criticism and commentary then you can actually like grow from there i like that and because when we do see cloud cuckoo land um (laughs) the unikitty makes it very clear the no rules, no nothing, never say no, except all the no's I'm saying in this sentence that is, <laughs> like you say, Taz, like the ego is almost like an ego in a sense of, because sometimes people think ego is like, oh, I'm the, I'm the big person, I'm the, the star and everything. But it's almost ego as in the, the projection of ourselves, our perception of ourselves and not wanting to mm-hmm. mess with that. And their perception, like all these master builders is that we're just, we're creative we, we're all individuals, our unique selves, all special. We can all do this thing. We're not going to come together and follow instructions because instructions are like, oh, that's that's death to creativity and, mm-hmm. and all that. And just watching all those interactions and the moment when Emmett sort of realizes, and like Tazzy says, sometimes we do these things at the right time. And for me, it's almost sort of looking back and sort of affirming. So like because of my background as a a software engineer which is seen as not a very creative thing and i tend to be very structured i sort of identify there's a lot in emmet i identify with i'm hopefully not a, the empty mind that <laughs> up until a point but the just idea of, of instruction because i almost i value and as will notice <laughs> i value instruction <laughs> <laughs> but knowing that that doesn't necessarily negate creativity and can help fuel it so i was like oh okay cool yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I could, I could do this thing. And just seeing how the, the two sides come together, the idea of balance of like the reason they've never taken on or properly taken on Lord Business, because no one can work together. But when you, when you work together and you follow a plan, you can actually put something in place that can help mm-hmm. achieve the greater goals, goals. So that's dropping the ego 
and doing things that might be you might not have thought you could do but you can achieve what we all say is the greater goal through it Mm. not underestimating other people because you think your skills yeah. are more or better than them but they might just have different skills because they did try and attack the building right and that's where the pirate turns into oh, the photocopy the, yeah and he was like we tried and we failed what makes you think you can do it better <laughs> mm. but Emmett just had that unique spin on things just enough to turn the tides yeah it's, it's funny the way because Obviously, I've only seen this for the first time. You've both have seen it multiple times. And, and Taz, you said, like, you watched it almost from a different place and always get that feeling of sometimes I feel like we always watch things for the first time. And this isn't necessarily my quote. I've read this somewhere. I have to give proper accreditation. Or maybe I'll find it and put it in show notes. It's, um, it's this idea that we, we always come to things for the first time because, like, we have changed. Like, you have changed since the first time you watched this. And you're now in a place where actually that message of resonates in a different way and we kind mm. of take something from it and yeah i'm sure had i watched it <laughs> the first time around i would have got a different feeling from it and i wonder for, for you dan watching this again do you get something different from particularly like just Emmett's journey and that moment where he realizes like he is special or can be special um yeah i mean yeah definitely i think it's i think it's almost like what i said earlier about me sort of trying to put sort of limitations on when I'm playing with my daughter sort of thing, like if she's building something, like when I originally watched this movie, you know, she wasn't born yet. So I I just had, I, I was watching the movie for myself, basically, I guess. And now, like, since she's been born, I guess I, everything that I watch that has something to do with kids, it makes me think in a completely different way now. So Emmett's journey, seeing the way he sort of, I suppose he's just more free, free-minded, isn't he? He he doesn't, he hasn't been given the instructions to to, or he's he's not a master builder. And if he hasn't got the instructions to do something, he can just he he'll build what he can build, basically. And I guess it's just it's uh it's changed the way that I sort of take the messages from the movie now. So it's I don't know, I don't know how to put it into words, but it's um yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I've lost I've lost my train of thought. It's yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yeah, it is. I guess, like from your perspective, with someone with a child, do you do you feel has your daughter seen this now? Did you? So she's seen, yeah, she's seen Lego Movie. Um, I think she likes it, but <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I probably like it more than she does. But yeah, um, so it might be the thing that like she'll watch it another time and be like, oh, okay, I, I can pick out yeah. this and this because that applies, and I, I get it a bit more now. Yeah, it's. Um, but I think I think yeah, like I said, it's it's uh, it's definitely a movie about. For me now, it's more of growing up and losing that childlike self. So when I was younger, you know, and I had Legos and I would just be building all these different things. It didn't have to, I didn't have to use instructions. I'd just be building something. But like as time went on, I would sort of lose that side of myself. And now I'm sort of trying to get it back. You know, like when I'm playing with playing with my daughter, I try to sort of get that childlike self back again. So I'm trying to just build things without really thinking about it yeah it's, it's a good lesson <laughs> uh, it's a good lesson is yeah when you see like kids and it's like oh you just will do whatever and you just i guess it's inherent to life right you you get to a certain age and that becomes harder to do not impossible yeah, but yeah harder to harder to do so another part of this this film that i was surprisingly impressed with is is the visuals because i, I couldn't quite place it i had to like look it up properly but 
because immediately I thought, oh, is this stop motion? But it's not. It's like I couldn't work out if it's stop motion or computer generated. And so it it uses computer generated animation of real Lego elements and it achieves a photorealistic stop motion style. And uh, just reading about like the directors, how they wanted it to make uh, they wanted to make the film look homemade as if it was created by a child. So everything in there uh, is a, is 100% Lego bricks. And the co-director, Chris Miller, said that the, quote, the idea was to make a very homemade Lego brick film and try and make that as cinematic as possible so that if you froze any single frame of the movie, it would be something that you could actually build yourself. And when I was watching, I don't know how you both felt, I kind of got this... Like this, it looks impressive because the, the animation is good, but also looks cheap. And I mean that in a in a good way. It looked like I don't know, like a student film. Like I can almost picture the students like placing the animation blocks in places. Like and there's moments where it's like <laughs> more. And this is all positive. Like to to it's all to good comedic effect. Like when uh, Vitruvius dies and comes back as a ghost, and you yeah, got his yeah. ghost self, and the, you can see the string, and it's just it reminded me a bit of. Uh, have you seen? I've forgotten the name, but it's the film that the South Park creators made. Uh, the oh, Team, America. Team America. Team America. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it reminded <laughs> me a bit of that. <laughs> Just like this intentionally like low grade, but high grade animation. Mm. Um, high grade animation, low grade feel. I don't. Did you, you both think that? Did you wonder if it was stop motion or? I did. Um, so obviously, like their face, their face movements and things like that. Um, that I've always thought yeah. was CGI, but. There were parts of it that you would look at and you would think this looks like they've just built a, a Lego set and they're just doing stop motion in it. But um, yeah, so I, I didn't know. I didn't know which or if they use both. I didn't know what it was, mm. basically. I got a very like video game feel of like it was a a world in a video game. <laughs> <laughs> mm. But very well. Yeah. <laughs> very well done. It was because yeah. it, it, it did look good. And yeah, like yeah, a lot of good set pieces, but it's just because they're walking over, they're bobbling around and everything. Yeah, I think there was like moments where I was just kind of like, oh wow, especially like sort of watching it. Like it's been a while since I've watched it or watched any of them. And like noticing like the ocean with like waves, but they're, they're all the, the little yeah. round Lego pieces. Lego pieces. <laughs> yeah. And like you look at it and you're like, this looks so good, but like, like I said earlier, it's like your like childhood imagination coming to life. It just does it so well. <laughs> and yeah, just again, just impressed. <laughs> impressed. I was just going to say, and I like that it also, um, you know, because you mentioned the, the ghost on the string. Yeah. Because every time you kind of like get lost in the animation, because it just, it's so well done. And you, it has such, the film can have such serious tones in some points. And then they always add this comedic, very Lego playful moment right yeah. when you're sinking into like yeah. a serious zone, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's done very well. Mm. No, I agree. And, and it's done in a way that doesn't undermine the dramatic tension of the film, which uh, some films, not to mention the name, <laughs> Thor, uh, do so, so badly. But this is how you can do it well you can have comedy in there that because knowing the audience right so it's you know on the surface a, a, a kid's film so you've got to keep it light so using comedy to set the to help with the pacing and just lighten the, the mood 
but not at the expense of the dramatic tension that that does come up and it and it's still very credible. So yeah, no, the, the comedy is used very well, um, very well here. And so with the animation, like the animators who are the Australian studio Animal Logic were asked to make the film follow the laws of stop motion as best they could. So there was that intention. So it is computer computer generated, but intentionally has that look and obviously for obvious reasons because Lego and giving that effect so that was cool and then when we go into the films like none of it's real anyway because we find out that all the actions come from the mind of that uh, that kid that's playing in the basement and we as we switch to live action did that throw any of you off like the the switch from from like computer generated to real world and then we go a bit of back and forth or did that fit for the story for you dan i mean it didn't i mean it threw me off but not in a bad way so like i didn't see that bit come in so mm. i just i was just watching this movie as it's an animated um lego movie and then it just sort of switched and then it was like oh okay so it's actually this kid who's doing all these things and this is all in his like his imagination i mean it just added another like layer to the movie which i really appreciated mm. because um i think i think as on its own the lego movie is a good movie but adding that you know, that element of the, the kid and his father, the father being Lord Business. I just think that was just a really good layer to add to the movie. So yeah, it did throw me off, but I appreciated it. How about you, Tessie? So I wouldn't say, you know, the real world animation threw me off in a way, like because it was animated versus real world. But again, like, yeah, similar to what Dan said, the storyline and how it affected that, I like wasn't expecting when I first watched it. And it was like, whoa. <laughs> it was like, and then like, you know, everything sort of starts to make sense of the Craggle and the artifacts. Mm. And it just, and I think for me, it like kind of added to the magic, especially as we have like Emmett moving and you're like, wait, is it really happening in there? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> What's real and what's not? <laughs> We don't know anymore. Yeah, that's true. And I didn't quite clock onto this first as I was watching. I was I was seeing it, but not quite clocking onto it. How the items, because everything's Lego except for a few things that are kind of revered. So you got this this piece of resistance, but there was like a there's a plaster something. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) something of Bandai. Bandai, yeah. (laughs) And uh, wow, there was a naming. There was the exacto knife, and what did he call it? Oh, my God. A, oh, I can't even remember. There was one about the the nail polish, and it's like the oh, uh, the polish yes. of Nile. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like all these items that weren't Lego, that were like revered in some kind mm. of way, which is interesting to interesting to see. It was the naming for me. Like, <laughs> oh, it's so it's so creative. <laughs> And it's such like a child thing to do. Yeah. Of like, and have it have these like superpowers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I heard if you rip this off, it hurts real bad. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to try it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but even like the craggle, like when, when they first said it, I was like, oh, the craggle, that sounds like yeah. really bad. And then they show you, it's like, <laughs> it's just it's like crazy glue. glue. <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah, it, it's just really funny. And like when it comes to the the characters, I, I do like again. I always like themes, and and this certainly has themes in there. But I also like how, when done well, the the characters reflect the themes. So here we have a cast of characters that reflect the different perspectives on the the battle between conformity 
and creativity as we see in uh, the master builders so in a sense it's, it's almost like Emmett on and Lord Business on on one side but on opposing sides if we, we've spoken before about like that four corner opposition so like Emmett is not or at least that starts off not very creative but just because he doesn't know <laughs> he doesn't know anything and then Lord Business is not very creative but he knows he just I don't like creativity and everything has its place. And then on the other side, you've got people like Vitruvius and Wildstar who are like, you know, we believe in creativity and we want that. But then we've also got Batman, who who is the, just, Batman is just funny in, in this, but he's also the, I think as you mentioned, like the, the extreme of indiv- individual just uniqueness to the point of like, I don't work with anyone else. And he's also a scene, scene stealer in this because he's just funny whenever he's in it. So yeah, you get all those different different people. Were there any characters that you particularly identified with? And I'd be interested to know why, if there were. Oh, identified with. Maybe not so much now, but definitely a past me. Unikey. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when Unikey's like finally snaps yeah. <laughs> just be happy, happy yeah. <laughs> just, oh, i can't take it because <laughs> you see her fighting against it all the way yeah. through and then she's just like nope i'm gonna let it go <laughs> and then just goes into rage <laughs> that's yeah i think unikey yeah i mean i feel like that sometimes once in a while that happens but yeah, definitely that was a past me very much. Unikey, just keep it all in, keep a smile on and make sure everyone's happy and stay happy. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I don't know if it's a, a character that, that I identify with, but he was definitely my favourite and it was the 80s Spaceman. Oh, yes. Oh, Benny. That was going to be my like... answer if it was favourite character. <laughs> Because like every minute he just he just wanted his time to shine to build that rocket. And then at the end he finally gets it. And it's just like it just made me so happy when he actually got to build his rocket. <laughs> Again, hilarious. Yeah. I was gonna say sorry, just it was when he saw the eighties like tech <laughs> for the for, for the oh, broadcast. Yes, yeah. And he was I'm like, home. This is my speed. <laughs> so happy. And he's just so genuinely like a happy guy. Yeah. yeah. But you know what's important about his character and like anyone who wants to achieve something especially like entrepreneurship and i don't know if this is a tell me if this is a valid lesson is sometimes i just like i don't find things and make connections but it's that idea of staying ready because yeah. benny stays ready <laughs> and, and he is ready to build that spaceship and they constantly like no no it's not your time it's not your time and he's, but he doesn't stop he wants to build a spaceship and then he gets his moment he's like spaceship, spaceship. <laughs> oh that that just like uh, I was done. <laughs> I really like as well that like Ava is like just that go character. It was just like just I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ready. Go. And the others like will build loads of other things first. He's just always like spaceship, spaceship, yeah, no, just... <laughs> and then he'll start building it way before yeah, anyone's yeah, even yeah. mentioned anything. And then they're like, Trash no, he's fine. Smashes it. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he finally gets to build one, he's like, wait. Really? <laughs> oh, I feel like, so, like I feel like a lot of people have been there in that situation. 
where you just wanted to do something and then people just keep denying you it and then finally you get to that's it you stay ready you stay (laughs) ready so but i was going to add to princess unikitty how because when i was at school i had a friend who went off into like a counterculture kind of thing and he he started wearing like um i guess like bell bottom things and it's sort of a gothy kind of phrase and it was like a a fight against conformity but reminded me of that with unikitty because in a sense fighting against conformity to that extreme is a form of conformity Mm. it's like a weird you kind of go full circle to like your is yeah that's just a funny moment for me such a good point yeah one character that i so i like i said i i sort of identified with emmett to a certain extent with wild style but sort of in a kind of thinking i'm uh creative and in that aspirational sense of vitruvius i was like the yeah. sort of the older mental characters that that know stuff but specifically him because his thing is all about freeing other people to be creative and i really like that his his role in the story and then also when he reveals like the prophecy is made up which is a, a moment i also loved in the film about <laughs> yeah just made it up <laughs> just, just made it up but that makes it true because you're going to believe that it's true and you're going to make it true and then you're going to be special. Yeah. There's something in Wild Style that I really identify with as well. Hyper-independence, but wanting more connection and the hyper-independence yeah, getting in the way of in that. in the way of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah actually, maybe that's why I was <laughs> identifying with her as well. Actually, you might have just, uh, yeah, I told you it's going to be an existential episode. So, <laughs> so there we go. That's what I was waiting for, that that penny to drop. <laughs> so I knew there was something, <laughs> there was something about it and I couldn't, couldn't quite place it. But yeah, yeah, yeah she's, I get that. Okay, say no more. <laughs> say no more. <laughs> well, we're talking about characters as well. Obviously, like, there's a lot of, a lot of characters that we know in this in their lego form mm. and i just oh my god the green lantern superman <laughs> moment <laughs> and then when they get put in the think tank it's like, can this get any worse and then it's like hey <laughs> like oh my god <laughs> so hilarious so it's like Oh, absolutely hilarious. And then um, when we get the, the Star Wars lot yeah. flying, <laughs> Batman's just like, yeah, I'm going with them. Yeah, yeah. it's like, what? <laughs> um, but the then party. he does a double the trick. He takes the yeah. hyperdrive, but then he kind of leaves them without a hyperdrive when they need it. <laughs> I love that uh, Batman kind of just barely makes any progress as a, as a character. As a character, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tiny little bit <laughs> i feel like the only progress he makes is just allowing lucy to sort of be with emmett at the end yeah <laughs> kind of oh there's a bit where <laughs> yeah lucy wild style's like but babe <laughs> you gotta be there for me and he goes so reluctantly in a relationship i just don't understand their relationship because she says it at the first like oh i've i've got a boyfriend and it's super serious yeah she's like well this guy he's just like i don't care and even when lucy reveals her name as lucy and emmett mentions it batman's like who's lucy And I I don't know this for a fact, but I feel there's a a lot of women who can who just felt that at the moment, like you know nothing <laughs> yeah. about me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I just in that moment I was like, yeah, okay, I I, I feel that, that that comes from a true place. This film's so good. It's got so many layers. It's so many. See, I'm you're I'm surprised. Just 
pleasantly surprised at all again. the food. I just yeah, it. No. I need to watch it again. <laughs> so I'll do themes, but I, actually before I do themes, just a shout out for Bad Cop, Good Cop. Because and oh, yeah. Liam Neeson, again, that was funny. It was also yeah. quite quite dark because when Lord Business had his parents, that's uh, quite no, dark. Yes. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to make you watch. And he he basically kills a part of himself to to serve yeah. the Lord. That's that's there's a lot in there. Like, a, but then he, he comes back. Yeah, he draws, he draws his face <laughs> he, on. <laughs> like you can't get rid of the good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> But again, still you need the balance. In there. Yeah, still you need the uh, both sides, and yeah, he just he comes good in the end. And it's the one that he wants to do good. It's like he knows he's bad, and he knows he he cannot be he cannot do good without his good cop side. Yeah, because he just knows that he is bad, bad cop. He knows he's bad, and he's like, but I want to do the right thing, so I need my good cop. <laughs> oh man, and then. With themes, we've kind of touched on a lot of them, I feel, but we have and just what I like in, in stories like that themes that like force you to consider things. And in this case, it's why ultimately build the film is saying like the the value of compromise between the extremes. And maybe it's not even compromise, because I think Taz, you mentioned earlier how it's when the two sides come together, it's it's better. It's not like you're losing something, you're actually gaining more than you would have got otherwise. And so we have have a lot of uh, contrast we have like conformity versus creative thinking so we see at the beginning mindless conformity how that can be unhealthy but then also just extreme individual creativity if it's unconstrained that could be bad because they couldn't achieve their goal because none of them could none of those master builders could work together one i really liked is like everyone is special and has a has a role specifically has a role because i feel sometimes we it's a whole comparison thing if i can't do what this person can do then i'm i'm less than but actually you need all the bits so you it's not to say that individual creativity isn't good because that's not the message but it's that you need that other bit of you know they look down upon emmett to a point but then they realize actually he can put the plan together and do that whole teamwork and follow instructions and he gives them the plan so they can channel their creativity. So it's like everyone has a role. So even though your thing doesn't look like another person's, there's a role for it. And then the one that does just touch me as a uh, as an entrepreneur is just believing your ideas. And it's something that just more and more just learning the lesson over and over again. Just that idea of that Emmett is laughed at. So when he shows his double decker couch, it he's laughed at, but it saves everyone. And mm. I feel many great or people we look to as as just great have had ideas that were at the time ridiculed. One of the first things that come to mind is like Netflix. I think uh, the creative Netflix at the time went to Blockbuster and pitched the idea of like a partnership. And Blockbuster, who were the biggest thing, like Google it, kids. <laughs> uh, Blockbuster was like the biggest thing in, in home video. And they're like, why would we partner with you? That's stupid. We're making tons of money. And now... You've never heard of Blockbuster because they're not around. <laughs> um, and then Netflix is or at least one of the, the biggest things. So it's like that the idea, I had to look up this quote from um, Nicholas Klein, who's an American labor union advocate, who says, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. And I think for anyone who's on that kind of creative, entrepreneurial, self-employed journey, not to say you can't do this in an employee situation as well, but particularly in those um, environments where you have to believe in your ideas because often no one will, and not even that no one will, sometimes people will actively work against you, but you have to work through it and you just have to believe in your ideas. So I like that this film had that message of 
I made this prophecy up. It it doesn't mean anything, but it means everything because you believe it and you can be, you know, the special. Yeah, anything else you kind of took from it or like did 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 those things stand out to you as well? Yeah, those things stood out to me. Oh, there's there's other things, but God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's a list. There's, there's a lot, there's a lot. And I guess to, to wrap up all the themes is, at least what I feel the film was saying is that that value of the, the middle ground almost is that because we see a lot of verses, we see belonging versus being unique. We see, interesting when I was putting the notes together, I, I got this perspective on copyright versus no copyright. So this idea of following the instructions or taking it and remixing, which is a big debate on you know, where, where's the line, business versus art and instructions, following instructions versus just making up your own narrative. Yeah, there's just, just a lot, a lot in there, which I like. But um, Dan, would, do you have any, have any thoughts on the on themes in this? Anything that spoke to you in particular? I, I think it's it's just things that we've, we've probably said before. It's a, it's, a, it's a movie about realizing your your true self, let's say. Cool. So, yeah, any, before we wrap up, or I do this storytelling tip, any um, final thoughts or moments that we haven't touched on that are worth shouting out? There's loads, like Tazzy says. There's, oh, there's, there's actually a lot. Um, why will, <laughs> I'll throw out some, some trivia. One thing that, that made me laugh is uh, do you remember the whole meet me upstairs or downstairs in 10 seconds? That was like oh, a running right, gag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so apparently that came about because the animators couldn't figure out how to animate the Lego characters going up and down stairs without it looking awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious because, yeah, you'll find in stories just things will come up and it's like, how do you work around it? And here they just made something that was awkward. They just, they've made it a, a funny gag in this story. Worked so well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and because they had it for like other things, like, you know, however many minutes later, like it was like with the song. Um, yeah. at the beginning they're like and however many minutes it was like six hours later end of the work day and they're still singing it <laughs> yeah i could sing this five hours <laughs> oh, that was a catchy song it was <laughs> right now <laughs> All right, so that has been our discussion on the Lego movie as you can tell i was pleasantly surprised extremely surprised it's good it's good I'm going to have to watch the rest now and we might have to come back to more existential discussions. Let us know what you think other than uh, I should have watched this film years ago. Already got that message. Thank you very much. But uh, yeah, give us your feedback on this story's discussion. Now it's time for this week's storytelling tip. Each time we do a deep dive on the podcast, I like to pull out a storytelling tip for others to consider when making their own stories. So this is a consideration from someone who also creates stories and likes to learn from the techniques or mistakes of others. And for today's episode, I wanted to discuss disturbing the routine. This is about disturbing the routine in the setup portion of your story. And it's something I feel uh, the Lego movie does uh, very well because it literally <laughs> establishes a routine. And when it comes to storytelling, setting up a routine, then breaking it is one of the key parts of the beginning or act one uh, of a story. So we, the audience, we don't know what's in the creator's head and it's important to establish a solid foundation for your narrative. So the beginning is the section of the story that sets up the main characters and the story world, giving us an introduction to the key characters and their surroundings, understanding the story world's rules, and character motivation. So all this is valuable information that allows the audience to emotionally connect with the narrative. And the opening of the story is about disturbing that routine once it's been established. So it's about a clear shift in the status quo 
and something that the Lego movie does very clearly. So we're introduced to the protagonist, Emmett, the construction worker who lives an ordinary and conformist life in Bricksburg. And what's great about it is that the film takes the time to literally establish Emmett's daily routine. So his interactions with other characters, even though they don't care about him, and his desire to fit in and be like everyone else. So this introduction allows the audience to empathize with Emmett's struggles and creates a foundation for his character development later on. Uh, there's a few key things it does in this. So introduces us to the story world. So we see the film introduce Bricksburg and the citizens and emphasizing conformity and the adherence to instructions and it sets the tone. So it highlights the routine and the structured nature of everything. We then see the protagonist's daily life. And this is important. We want to see what a day in the life looks like in normal circumstances. So with Emmett, we're introduced to him as a normal construction worker and his monotonous daily routines, which showcase his predictable and unremarkable nature. And it again, reinforces that uh, routine of the story world. And then we get the inciting incident, which is where everything changes. So in this case, we see the protagonist with their routine set meets or gets into a situation that changes it. So with Emmett, it's when he meets Wildstyle before stumbling on the piece of resistance and becomes part of the prophecy to save the Lego universe. So this event disrupts his routine and propels him into an unexpected adventure. And it's that incident that disrupts the established routine setting stage for the rest of the story. Uh, so without proper introduction and context, the audience can feel disconnected from the characters and not engaged with the story. So that kind of weak character development or lack of background information is a problem. And it means that it can confuse people because they don't know what's at stake. They don't know what's been lost if you haven't established it. So some good examples in other stories that we've covered, we've seen in Pixar's Up, the routine of Carl Fredrickson through that great wordless montage. So we see his daily routine, his love for his wife, his attachment to the house, and that all sets the stage for the inciting incident when Carl basically ties a bunch of balloons to his house and flies off on his adventure. In The Matrix, we meet Thomas Anderson, the computer programmer living a mundane life, and we see his routine and his isolation and longing for something more, so that when he encounters Morpheus, he's offered a, chance, a choice to learn the truth. The inciting incident occurs, and Neo is plunged into that journey of self-discovery and rebellion against the machines. It's also something I, I mentioned a bit earlier, how in The Eleventh Hour, which is a story, a matter story that I'm working on, it's making me think about how I put together the daily routine of the characters. So we've got multiple protagonists, Dan, Shun, Lily, and Norio, how I established their routine before disrupting that when I introduced the main villain. So that's making me think about how I put together the stories. So here are some things for you to consider when establishing the routine in the beginning of your story. So number one is introduce the story world. So remember, we don't know what's in your head. So you need to show us the story world, especially if it's one not based on our actual world. So take us through the daily life and how things work before you disrupt it all. Something like Attack on Titan does a good job of this, showcasing the peaceful life within the walls and the longing for freedom, which sets the stage for the coming conflict with the Titans. Number two is show us the character's daily life. So we've seen the world, now show us the characters. So we obviously need to know where a story takes place, but we connect with characters, starting with the main protagonist, but also showing dynamic between the main characters. And that allows us to understand their roles and motivation. So in something like The Last of Us, we see Joel, who is this hardened survivor. He meets Ellie, 
who is a young girl who might hold the potential cure for the infected. But by the time he meets Ellie, we know what Joe's life has looked like in the past and in the sort of present day before he's tasked with escorting her over this post-apocalyptic USA. And the final one, number three, is break the routine. So once you've made it clear what normal life looks like in your story, disrupt it. That's where the inciting incident comes in and the stakes of it are made clearer when the audience actually knows what is being lost or what is being put at risk. So that beginning, the act one, sets the stage by providing that essential context about story world and characters and enables the audience to immerse themselves in a narrative and get them anticipating what comes next. If you're creating your own story, let us know what you think about uh, the tip in our Discord or send us an email, feedback at mayamada.com. That is the tip for this episode. Tazzy, let's check in with our guest. Yeah, I actually have some questions. Yeah. Um, so this is a segment that you don't actually hear about much because yeah. we hardly ever actually get, get any feedback. questions or feedback. So this is a, a reminder that you can send your feedback to us. And you can send it by emailing us at feedback at myamada.com in our Discord or on social media at myamada on Twitter, at myamada TV on Instagram or at Tazzy on both. I have two questions here, which is... Would love to know how much everyone really loves and or hates the main song. And that was from Paladin SR on Instagram. See, I want to say I didn't like it, but it's kind of catchy. It's, it's, I hate how catchy it was. It worked. I mean, it, yeah, it is catchy and it does get stuck in your head. Like it's stuck in my head now. Is awesome. <laughs> but um, no, I like it. I like it. Yeah. I really like the song. It does get a little annoying when it's like just stuck in your head on repeat over and over and over and over again. You're like, okay, I get it. Everything is awesome. <laughs> but I also just like the message of it. <laughs> like it's actually okay. You found quite... deeper meaning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everything's awesome. Everything's cool when you're part of a team. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's a good message. It's actually, got yeah. a good message to it as well. So, I mean, I liked it, yeah. <laughs> I can understand why some people might hate it, though, because <laughs> it can get a little annoying. And then the other question I have for everyone today is, fav I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just put the what's here, but what's your favourite Lego movie? And that is from Tolls on Instagram. I will go first because mine's quick. It's this one. It's the one I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, takes a default position and I will uh, open the floor to everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favourite is probably the Lego Batman. That That's just a really good Lego movie and a really good Batman movie. It's just really good. Like if, him being in this one, he's really funny in this one, but in his own movie, he's equally just as funny as well. And it's just a, just a crazy little movie. Also, I would say go and watch the second Lego movie because there's a song in that one at the end that will definitely get on your nerves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would... I would also say the Batman, the Lego Batman movie, because yes, it is a really good Lego movie and it's also a really good Batman movie. <laughs> and Batman is more Batman in <laughs> his film than he is in the Lego movie film. But it's a really good Batman film. <laughs> like genuinely, <laughs> such a good Batman. So if you like Batman and you like the Lego movie, 
the Batman Lego movie is like the Lego Batman movie is just it's very good (laughs) yeah so that is all the questions so yeah Dan uh, Mm -hmm. it's your time to shine what have you got going on how's the YouTube channel going let us know yeah so it's it's just content content just constantly at the moment just a few sort of games reviews coming out for the switch so i I think i've I've sort of been put into this category of being the the indie game reviewer now which i i i appreciate like i I love indie games so i'm i'm all i'm all happy about that but um i've got a couple of reviews should be coming out this week if i can tear myself away from zelda um (laughs) So yeah, um, some indie games for the, for the Switch, and yeah, it's just the YouTube channel is going, it's going all right. You know, getting a, a few more subscribers. Always happy to get more subscribers coming. You know, people leaving feedback. You know, let me know what you want more of, what you don't want to see, and yeah, just content, lots of content. Yeah, it's all about the content. I feel like we're <laughs> joining you on that journey. <laughs> Uh, what's the saying content is king yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it's uh great to hear how things are going since the last time we caught up with you and we will leave some links in the show notes so you can go and find dan on youtube and on social media yeah dan thank you again mm-hmm. for joining us always good to have you and your perspective not just because you have a small child and you give us that perspective <laughs> but we value you as a person as thank your own you. person as well thank you for having me <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, thank you for everyone listening if you enjoyed this episode of story x story then make sure you do subscribe uh, we also need subscribers so join us and send us feedback as well so and give us a five-star rating and review because that helps us reach new listeners and fans of story discussions and we are also story creators so you can discover our manga universe online all our titles are available at mymatter.com and that includes the latest release serious through the fog um, you can also join studio 77 discord for free today and get ready for our new membership that is coming you'll get access to all our all the video content uh, speaking of content we are uh, busy working away creating uh, content someone's even editing some of that content so it's uh, coming together and we also have our digital comic plans and early access to tickets for my matter events and we're thinking up some uh, special things to do there as well we have our video game representation campaign do i look like a gamer that is very much out right now we've got the photos that have been out we're now moving on to the events and appearances we've got a bunch of plans over the year so yeah just head to looklikeagamer.com join the the mailing list uh, as well and then you'll be notified or join our discord we'll put stuff there too follow us on social just follow us there we've got a bunch of things so you can see the photos and get ready for the events that are to come also check out the podcast that you're currently listening to but keep an eye out on the podcast you are listening to because every thursday we release a new episode and that includes creator interviews video game discussions and deep dives into stories across pop culture you can always give us a shout directly our email address is feedback at mymatter.com and our website with links to subscribe is mymatter.com forward slash story x story so thank you again for tuning in and until next time stay safe and remember to be like benny and stay ready because as i say if you stay ready you don't have to get ready take care everyone (laughs) 